Hi guys and welcome back to part two of Mkatha's story. We are learning more about alcoholism, demystifying. What is that? So stay tuned as you listen to the rest of her story and learn more about her turnaround. Hello and welcome to the Wheat Podcast. My name is Maggie and through this podcast, I hope that we can delve deeper into issues and have holistic conversations on situations and things that you'd normally ponder about and ask, what is that? Sobriety is a constant reality you take an hour at a time, a day at a time. Mm. And you celebrate the moments that you're sober because it's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy. Yeah. It's not easy. And remember, we are saying there must be some underlying issues. Mm. So I, I concluded that for me, it was the disappointment of not pursuing the career I desired. Mm. Um, feeling neglected. You know, at times you can then blame someone and you're in denial of that situation. So just carrying the disappointments of not pursuing a career, th- thinking that uh, my parents didn't um, uh, do their part, mm. you know, as a child, as an 18-year-old perceiving that way and um, feeling like a failure. And as you continue drinking and just doing crazy things, then also um, regret Mm. You've broken so many bridges, relationships are mm. uh, unresolved because you have a drink and maybe say some things that you probably shouldn't should have, have said. said. So yeah. I've lost friendships because of that. Mm. Um, or oh, you just feel embarrassed. Guilt, guilt, and shame. So that keeps you drinking. Mm. Uh, the responsibility as a parent, because I did become a parent, and in um, as much as I did take care of uh, my son, there are many times I was not there. Mm. I would take him, perhaps you know, at times I take him to my parents, mm. in the guys that I'm away for a business trip over the. <laughs> <laughs> Check her too. <laughs> Should see how serious those conversations are. Yeah. I'll be out of town from Friday to Now <laughs> that time your child is mm. suffering because yeah. a child needs um their parents. Their parents yeah. they need that stability. Mm. And it's something, you know, after recovery that uh and now my son is a teenager, we've had to have those conversations. Did he express feeling like you were not there? Does he remember those times the way you, you remember? Mm. In the conversations we have, he just remembers being at grandma's okay. on those weekends that he wished I was around. Okay. So probably I was somewhere having mm. a good time. Mm. And that's how uh, this substance or habit can really detach it's selfish yeah so it becomes a priority and everything else takes another position mm. in your life so that's that, that that was one of those um um relationships that really uh, suffered 
and it's work in progress. I have a supportive family that were concerned all through mm. and they spoke to me over the years. The, the times they saw you, they mentioned it. Yes, they yes. never hid. Yeah. They'll be like, what is going on? What is your plan for your future? Because mm. yes, you could have a business and yes, you're making money, but if your money is going to drinking and then your time obviously is spent on nursing hangovers. Mm. Does that really make sense? Those are conversations many people are not willing to have. And when they do have, they are met with um, resentments. Mm. And some people block you yes. completely. Yes. I've heard of even family situations. Maybe a husband is drinking too much or a wife. Mm. And they don't want to talk about it. Mm. And causes a rift in the family. The children, if they have any, also suffer because they can see there's something amiss with mom and dad mm. or, a or the relationship and um, family uh, activities reduce yeah. because one or both are deep into Alcohol. that addiction. addiction. Yeah. When I hear you, I'm reminded of a podcast I was listening to, uh, Legally Clueless, yes. by there was a guest, I think his name was Daniel. I don't mm. know. I can't remember the full names. Mm. But in the episode of him sharing about his struggle with alcohol, he is very intentional about encouraging parents to nurture that which their children are really good at and gifted in mm. rather than what society expects. Yes. For example, he fell deep because they couldn't, they didn't see rugby as something he yes. would pursue. And yes. so he went to a university to study something that his accounts or economics and he mm. hated it. And that's when the depression actually started mm. in, started. And I can hear the same in your conversation where you changed from something that was giving you a lot of purpose to mm. something, just something else, and it made you very depressed. Yeah. So I've just remembered in that podcast, he was actually saying, when you see your kids are good in this, it could be their purpose. And when you're living a purposeless life, yeah. it's so easy to fall into other things just mm. to fill the gap of depression that you're feeling in that moment. I agree. Mm. And, um, you know, and when you get... And if it's in a situation where it is beyond your control, that indeed you, you don't have the financial capability, mm. it would be important to have a conversation. Uh, yeah. You know, not just uh, sweep it under the rug. Just sweep it. And, yeah. I, I, and I think most African homes, homes, that's the norm. Yeah. Many parents will be like, and why am I explaining it to you? Yeah. But then... See, I'm still paying for this. Or something this. like yeah. that. Yeah. And, but attitudes, I believe, are changing with time. Yeah. Whereby you can sit down with your child and not only because of that one situation but then over this relationship that you have with this child from childhood into adult adolescence mm. and adulthood mm. that you can have meaningful conversations that True. the reason we are moving from this neighborhood to this neighborhood is this and this and you will exp and you will notice this and this they prepare you mm. as a conversation you know mentally mm. because as a young mind if if a grown up has struggles, imagine a child being exposed to such mm. kind of things. They yeah. may not be able to cope as they may not have they the resilience. Yes, the they resilience. may not. Yeah, they yes. may not have the resilience yeah. as compared to somebody yes. who's an adult yeah. per se or and who so has been through experiences very differently. True. Yeah. And and I also uh, um, have noticed 
that there's still those people who are able to overcome. Mm. I've heard of quite a number of inspiring stories where someone um, was faced with what I was faced with, mm. and so they pushed themselves to to pursue it. What, what can me? Mm. You know, it was opposite for me. For me, I chose the mm. substance. Mm. There's some who will fight for that. Yeah. Um, I remember trying to knock doors. Uh, uh, for about maybe six months, then I gave up. Mm. But there are those people who don't give up, even if a door has closed. So we cope differently. We yeah. make different decisions, decisions based on environment, based mm. on mindset, based on so many factors. I want to bring you back to 2016 when yes. you were telling me finally yeah. this was the awakening. It's not the six months. It's just when the journey to recovering started. Mm. What led to that um, I remember in January of 2016, something <laughs> happened. Mm. I probably wouldn't share it here, mm. but then it shook me. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember now just admitting, number one, I don't have a control over my drink. Mm. Number two, and because of that, it has led to so many things uh, being... Um, Dysfunctional. Exactly. Mm. And then number three, just praying to God and telling him, hey, me, I need a way out. Oh, now you t- turn to God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For the first time. Yeah. Because the other times I don't think I, I really sought God. Mm. But twenty sixteen I just told God you need to help me out mm. of this situation. I I'm I'm losing uh, my mind, I'm mm. losing my family. Um what is this life I'm living? Mm. Yeah. And um I remember in June coming across a prayer academy online mm. and I joined and uh, to to study the Bible, mm. and I studied the Bible, and I'm being revealed to so many things in the Word of God, mm. and um, there was an emphasis on: Do you have dreams? Do you write them down? You know, do you know those dreams and visions? Do you know those dreams and visions are messages mm. uh, from God? And I remembered all my life I have dreamt. And most of these uh, dreams would come true. Mm. And so I was understanding, uh, just like in the Bible, Joseph was there to the interpret. Mm. Yes. It was, it was when he interpreted dreams, there was quite a number of dreams, Joseph and Mary. Mm. And I started understanding. And uh, my constant prayer was, can I just stop drinking? Mm. Oh, so January, now this is June. You've already stopped? No, I'm still drinking. Oh, th- in fact, in, in uh, before I bumped into the prayer academy, mm. I had a near-death ac- uh, accident in March or April. Mm-hmm. Um, I had consciously that year stopped drinking much. Mm. I switched to wine. So, <laughs> well, I was drinking in bottles. But <laughs> I was, so I switched to wine. And if I went out, mm. it would be one glass. And I would really, really. You would really actually try. One. It would be more. But I was conscious. No whiskey, no things like those. But then one time I went out. Um, and the next thing I'm seeing a story. Uh, a, a, Something happened along Riara Road. My mm. car stalled. Mm. I had blacked out. There was a car behind me that had been trailing me. Had it not been a young man who was walking up that street, it sounds like a movie. Uh, he noticed outside their apartments, there's this car. Their cars overtaking it. Mm. But there's this a vehicle behind 
that kind. They're not helping her. I'm so scared. I'm already scared. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. he says he he got to his gate. Hmm. The car was opposite. Your car? Yes. Now? Okay. And the car behind me. And it's so just stalling. Mine had stalled. I had blacked out. No, the out. car behind you. Had had three goon men. Yeah. Did I call them goons? goons? <laughs> 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 no, they, it had three men. Yeah. So this guy gets to his gate and he's asking his watchman, can't you see? Mm. Me have been walking up and I've been noticing cars are overtaking. Mm. That car, there's someone in it. Then the watches say, have you seen the car behind it? There are people in it. Maybe mm. they are together. Oh, they and he says they oh, can't okay. be. Yeah. The girl is stranded. It's been minutes for me to climb up. So he says it was just God who pushed him to go check out. Mm. He comes to my window. It's open. I've slumped on the steering wheel. As he was you crossing, I had blacked out. I'm so scared. Uh-huh. <laughs> so when he was crossing, it's Riera Road is very slender. Yeah, I know, yeah, when I know. he was crossing, yeah. The people in the car behind are already making faces at him. Like, can you mind your business? No. What are you doing? And him in his mind, he's thinking, if I don't help this girl, it's those stories of body found, mm. street, what, what. So he got to my car, he found slumped. It was still on. He puts off. And then your I was, was not, down? my window was down. In Katha, God loves you. Your I believe, yeah. <laughs> so he opens the door. And he's able to move me. Like I said, I never used to eat, so I was a size <laughs> seven or size whatever size. Uh, he moves me to the passenger side. He starts the vehicle. You are not startled. This is a stranger. I can't remember. You don't remember. He's telling me and he's showing me video. Mm-hmm. He's showing me videos of the car park where now he took the car parked. I only came to, um, and I remember drinking water. Mm. And the first thing I asked him is, where am I? Who are you? Who now is, is my this the son? Or still it's it's still it's night. the time when I it, it was night time. Mm. So I remember drinking water and just being very uncomfortable and leaving the place. In the morning when I woke up, um I didn't remember anything of Did that. Did you drive out of that? Place? I drove. Ooh. And I was okay because mm. I was okay to drive. Mm. So when I woke up, I found a message. Mm. A number I didn't know. And the guy was telling me, oh, we met yesterday on Riara Road. Um, um, I'm the one who helped you, etc., etc. Did you get home well? And I'm wondering, who are you? <laughs> okay, I remember drinking water, but what yeah. was going on? Yeah. So those are the kind of incidences. Yeah. That one really was a scare. Mm. And um, because he gave me information, and I was keen to know more. And he says he took videos. So I remember meeting him uh, over the weekend. And he shared and he showed me photos. We met at a mall somewhere. And I was just thinking, God. And he kept saying, you looked like you had been drugged. Drugged. Because that was not alcohol. Yeah. And he said he had been researching on mchele, Mm. which is psychotic drugs. Mm. And the way I behaved throughout was not of an intoxication from Mm. alcohol. Well, I wouldn't know, but I remember where I came from. I don't remember driving out from that establishment, but I had met someone I know very mm. close, and his friend joined him, and I left. I left. I left the place in a half, mm. only now for this man to tell me all these stories. So those are near death 
experience. if you ask me. Yeah. So when I joined the prayer academy, it was an academy I had seen over the years, mm. but there was a push, just learn. Just you want God draw close to him like this. Mm. I, I relearned how to pray. I started focusing on prayer. I was still drinking, but not as much. Mm. I remember on 23rd of December, I went out. Had drinks, came in on 24th. We hours, I had a dream. And in the dream, I saw my vehicle have an accident outside the local pub. And I was in it dead. And so God is telling me, you come out to drink again, that's your fate. And there was a lot of serpents in that dream. I mean, it was those scary dreams. Mm. And I remember the dream and then I woke up. I'll tell you that was the last time I smoked a cigarette and drank alcohol. Mm. And I didn't struggle. When I woke up in the morning, and remember my dreams come true. Mm. Mo- my life is guided by dreams yeah, until dreamer. today. <laughs> and they do come yeah. true. So I, I, now that I, I had that revelation, I remember the dream and I said, where this alcohol, I'm not drinking again. Mm. And I believe that was the hand of God because the usual friends did call for us to have a drink in the afternoon. Mm. I didn't pick those calls. Didn't pick for a week, for a month. They mm. still call me till today, but I have no business. Mm. They called for about three years. They gave up. Mm. Yeah. So that was the turnaround. Ooh. I didn't go to rehab. I didn't. It was an encounter. Mm, it was an, that is an encounter. It's an encounter. And even in stopping this time, did you struggle with withdrawal the way you were Nothing. struggling? Nothing. I, my life just continued. Turn around. Until last year when I was reminded. And uh, I think God just set me up because the year before in August... I used to go to a church and they had a TV station. Mm. And I remember um, the the pastor would kept keep telling us from January, if you want to have a show, just send your application to the producers, they're so-and-so. Mm. It was in August that I had a conviction to just apply. And I applied for a show. It was called um, Divine Health. Mm. And I focused on nutrition. Guess what I focused on? Non-communicable diseases. So every day I was talking about uh, uh, the risk of cardio, uh, disc diseases, mm. use of alcohol, use of cigarettes. So when God was telling me in March, you need to talk about your story, he was telling me what's the big deal. Mm. When you talk about alcohol and cigarettes, just say you also experienced it mm. and you no longer take mm. and the harm. Mm. So that's where it all... Um, um, that's the how journey. I was reminded, yeah, yeah. last year, wow. and, and and what we what I did after that revelation last year is now to research on alcohol. Um, Your content is very informative. Mm. You mm. someone will learn about alcoholism, yeah, the addiction part, yes, the stigma. Your content is actually very informative. It's, and that was the key purpose. Yes, yeah. So that with this information, that normalization of booze taking, mm. which has been there for centuries, mm. you know, in the BCs and even during, <laughs> yeah. before Christ, yeah. people are drinking yeah. uh, alcohol. Mm. So th- normalizing something that is causing harm is what we stand to... Um, denormalize mm. by having these conversations. Yeah. Because most homes, there's no home 
uh, I was uh, looking at some stats by Camry in 2012. They were talking about then that 75% of homes are affected directly yes. by alcohol. That's true. Either there's a parent using or a child or a relative. Mm. And because alcoholism or addictions, the factors that can lead to include environment, genetics, mm. uh, amongst other things, then if we don't do something about it, we'll keep complaining about the rising number of mm. um, addictions. We'll keep complaining about, obviously, uh, the economy being interfered with and mm -hmm. the health, but then what are the solutions? We need to address these issues, yeah, yes. by starting with that largest taxpayer, yeah, and just saying, you know what, people fast, health fast, yeah. Can we just be humane for a minute and stop aggressively marketing this product like it is water? It's no, not. It's not water. It's not. But it's marketed more than water. It is marketed, <laughs> and and. They use, and it's a global thing. Mm. There was a World Health uh, Organization report on advertising, I believe, uh, in May of 2022. And they were saying, if nothing is done, if governments don't act now, more and more people are dying. Already there are 3 million deaths mm. every year because mm. of alcohol. It could be the accidents. It could be the suicides because um, alcohol... And uh, the alcoholism can lead to mental health issues. issues. Yes, Many people have um, uh, taken their lives. Uh, many people um, have broken homes. You know, If we don't do something about it now, and especially for the youth, then, uh, you know, we stand to lose. Yeah. And what these um, organizations are doing, the alcohol companies, is they're getting involved in everything. Youth functions, sports, every event. event, and then yeah. they also are luring the women. How many pink drinks have you seen Ooh. introduced in the last two, three years? Ooh. Oh my, a lot. <laughs> I, I a keep lot. saying, I keep saying, I thank God, I 2016 is when I stopped drinking because <laughs> with all the booze right now, right now, oh my goodness, I don't you know, think, you make me actually I don't notice the way now it's also targeted to women. Yeah, you've just is. made me, I never ever thought about it so deep. Sometimes you, the billboards, you're thinking that's a softener, you know, yeah. a cloth softener, but yeah. it's a drink. Yeah. It's it's a pink, <laughs> whatever it is, yeah. you know, and it is deliberate. Mm. In Africa, more than Europe or the other country, uh, continents, um, Africans have been known to even use models to push their products mm. in bars. Yes. They're called, uh, what are they called? When you see all this Johnny Walker, the, the, all these girls, these beautiful girls, mostly scantily dressed. Yes. And they will come into a place and it shows that more mm. alcohol is drunk mm. because of using this beautiful men, handsome men or mm. beautiful men. So those are crude methods. And we're just saying, <laughs> can you just tone it down? Yeah. Because you know, we need a sober nation. It's affecting people in in the slums and it's affecting people in palaces. Mm. It has not, uh, alcoholism is those things that uh, is not a respecter of status. Your, of status. Yes. And and I, I joke with, <laughs> when we have these conversations, we're joking and saying, the the fall you will have, you know, or stagger, someone in the slum and someone in state house, it's yeah. the same. It's the same. It's a brain disease. Yeah. You know, it affects the brain. Yeah, I can see. It, f it, it affects decision making. 
So functionality. You find everything is similar. It's just that we are from different backgrounds. Yeah. But these alcohol stories are similar world over. True. Yeah. And I love that you're here now. Yes. How has your recovery journey been with uh, your family? Mm. Now you working sober living yeah. with your son. Mm. How has that journey transformed and what has your recovery like taught them through this experience? Uh, do you do you guys now have that conversation of what was at least even with your mom or your parents the way you were saying they would talk to you when before I ventured into advocacy, oh, okay. they're the first pe- people I reached out to. And I remember um, my mom saying, you know, uh, you go ahead and do what God has asked you to do. For us, we love you the way you are. Oh, we nice. are happy that um, that is the past. Yeah. And, uh, and we are happy at what is coming out of this advocacy. Mm. You've set up a CBU, you're reaching out, you're working with the youth, mm. you know, you're working with different um, organizations in the yeah. same, with the same cause. Mm. So keep doing it. And um, I, I, I look at the whole situation or the life mm. and I feel having survived many incidences, many don't. Like we're saying, three million die, and that is statistics for 2020 or before COVID. Every year, by World Health Organization. And COVID, hey, we are not even. Yes, COVID. So when when when, when you are alive, the name of the organization w- was just a testimony saying, "By the grace of God, I I made it, mm. and I'm able to speak about recovery." Mm. That's why all these organizations are called Graceful Youth. Grace. The grace and of I just God. remember the name just popping up and it's supposed of grace of God. Yes. Because I would have gone a long time. Yes. Many people don't make it. Mm. And many people say, today is my last time. And they end up either overdosing mm. or they end up um, getting into an accident. And, mm. and there's no opportunity to, re- to 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 no stop second yeah, yeah no second chance or to stop so a lot has happened with my son is to encourage him um educate and yes yeah. and and also encouraging him to be open mm. because remember the issue is some underlying mm. problem mm. either trauma or depression it is it's an underlying issue. It's an underlying issue. Um, I was reading somewhere, someone was saying, an, uh, someone living with an addiction was admitted in hospital. Mm. <laughs> and he was being asked, what brought you here? This guy was saying, I'm here because I had an, a heart attack. And this other guy is asking, and the guy is asking him, why are you in the hospital? Mm. Then he's saying, oh, because uh, I'm addicted. And he says, no, no, no. That is what, what is the real problem. Mm. Because an addiction is just a cover-up of deep hearts or things that you have not addressed. Yeah. So I always encourage those people who are unable to stop drinking to just ask themselves some key questions. Why, what do you get from that drink? Mm. Why is it that the, the thought of stopping use of that substance mm. scares you? It scares people. Yeah. It's become someone's identity. I cannot function without this drink. Mm. How it makes you feel. But then it gets to a point that the euphoria it used to give you is no longer there. Now you're just drinking just to numb yourself from mm. the real issues. Yeah. And there's help. 
you need to seek out help. These uh, professionals mm. in, in the field of addiction, their rehabilitation centers, mm. these uh, counselors, the psychiatrists, psychologists, just reach out for the help. You need to reach yeah. out. people who live with someone who's struggling yeah. and they're wondering how can I get them to see because you see acceptance is a, a stage on its own mm. how can I get them to see that they have a problem is there anything you'd tell someone how they can talk to someone who's struggling for them to see um, many people um, are very harsh mm. to those people who are using they will call them names. They will tell them how um, they're either failures mm. or they're not able to do this and this because of their drinking. If you could use a different approach, mm. you know, number one, stop name calling. Yeah? And then look for them when they're sober. Mm. Not when they're high. That window. Yeah. Mm. Just when they're sober and just have conversations um, and reference. Don't go to last year you did and you have been doing. Just say last year, la- yesterday, mm. you, 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 you drank. Mm. Don't even say too much. When you were tipsy or when you were drunk, you did some things that um, really hurt me. Mm. And I got concerned because of the way you did this and this and this. And um, I would really wish y- you to consider mm. um, talking it out. Or we can be able to get someone to assist us mm. speak about it. Because you have not attacked, they don't need to defend themselves. Okay. And it may not happen overnight. Mm. It's just that don't be aggressive towards them. But as you speak to them, also be straight to the point. What the drinking or that habit is doing to you, maybe as a wife, mm. you as a parent, let them know. Let or them even know. as a child. Or as a child. Let yeah. them know. Yeah. Because many of us are tiptoeing around it. Mm. They're not calling it as it, as it is. is. Yeah. Just call it as it is, but minus the insults. Because, mm. oh, my <laughs> 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 ladies have bear all the brands. Yeah. Oh, you're, uh, we've been called names. Yeah. <laughs> we've been called names. And it's it's part of life. But then, again, we are trying to to empathize. So that they can also be open mm. to us, because that drinking could be either they're going through a financial mm. crisis. crisis. You never know, mm. or um, they say men are not able to open up as much as women, and maybe this man has no outlet. He doesn't feel comfortable to speak. Mm. He has expectations by societal expectations to meet, and with societal expectations, it takes time to change. To stop perceiving in a certain way. Yeah. So you need to create um, an environment where they can be able to open up. Mm. And in most uh, treatment or therapies, you find psychosocial support is number one. Mm. And an expert or a, a, a psychologist will be able to guide you on how best mm. to talk to this person so that they can be able to open up. Yeah. yeah. So if you can also research on that um, area, mm. Um, then you can be able to be equipped on how to 
to handle. Can someone be forced to go to rehab? Oh, it uh, still by has law, to be voluntary. It's it needs to be voluntary. Mm. Um, but through the Mental Health Act, if if the family feels like there's a threat, mm. you can get a court order. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, you have to get the Mental Health Act is very clear. We have a Mental Health Act in Kenya. Yes, my God. You knew? <laughs> <laughs> oh my yeah. God. Now? I and didn't know. I didn't and, know and about I think that. The recent one is 2021, 20, I believe. Yeah. We've made progress. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So you, you, it's, but obviously there are many who mm. are tricked into rehab and, yeah. and they are upset. <laughs> but you need consent. Yes. You need consent. Many find themselves there. There are those ones who, I've met people who are so happy they were forced into rehab. Oh, yeah. They so were the arrested. Yeah, some people. Yeah. But by law, it's a violation if you force them in. Consent is key. Yeah, consent is key. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And also, it makes sense that if I consent to a treatment plan, I'll be committed. Mm. If I'm forced into it, there are many people who are in rehabs or in treatment by force mm. And they're like, okay, here goes another one. Mm. And immediately they leave. Mm. They, back. they are back to the bottle. Okay. So it's important to get consent. Mm. And also just learn more about mental health so that you know how to mm. to to deal with. Okay. On the last uh, question I had, mm. so there's this aspect of the this what, what we've learned. There's the person and then there's the alcoholism, which is, a, it's a disease. Yeah then this alcoholism can affect the people around you. Mm. They want to be there for you. Because, you know, when you love someone, you love someone. If it's your child, you, it's not natural to give up on them. Yeah. But in the same reality, you need to protect your mental health yes. so that you're not drowning with them. Mm. Is there a way you tell um, caregivers or support family to support this alcoholic person mm. while taking care of their own health? Being alert to that. Yeah. yeah. Number one if is is first to really emphasize on the need to seek treatment. Mm. Yeah. Is to seek treatment. Then number two, there's something called codependency. Mm-hmm. You'll find most caregivers could be the husband or wife or a relative. He has been the enabler. Mm. Has been the enabler. So um you need to break that codependency that and that's why we are saying highlight the issue you know um if you notice that all the money is being used for alcohol mm. then even if you have a joint account you have you can be able to restrict <laughs> restrict yes. yes because yeah. if all that money is going mm. to buy alcohol, alcohol or the substance yeah, yeah? so it, it's very important to to be empathetic and not sympathetic mm. because as you ignore um, the behaviors that are coming about because of the disease, mm. then it interferes with the family dynamics and it will only get worse. Mm. So we really, really encourage that you get intervention early, even mm. if you are to get a counselor or a friend, someone who would, this person trusts so yeah. that they can have that conversation mm. and work on a treatment plan. I'm yeah. hearing you saying enabler. What is 
an enabler what, an what enabling, does enabling look like enabling is um um i'll give an example with um <laughs> uh can we use a child and a parent yeah that's okay for example yeah so you have a parent who has a child who is using different drugs mm. and they will keep getting accidents and the parent will fix the car Mm. and will allow the child to still use their vehicle mm. or will just keep everything okay like nothing mm. happened mm. that's enabling okay that's enabling when the constant call uh, with addiction you will know the signs are um all focus is on the on the substance mm. so most of the time their health will have deteriorated mm. even their physical uh look um all money goes to the substance so they probably have not paid their rent now this is in general mm. they haven't paid their rent they have food they need to buy they don't focus on buying food mm. so they'll keep calling you and saying hey, hey, hey just send me money mm. i need to buy food oh, you, that constants yeah you're enabling the habit because yeah. you know this person has a disease mm. and that money you know automatically will go to buying a substance. Mm. So you just say no. Mm. Today you say I don't have money. Mm. And you see what they will do. They will do anything to get it. Mm. So when you find uh those who are close to the person saying no to him, he probably will get so desperate and maybe not be able to access the substance or it will be a point where they reconsider mm. and say you know this thing has really had me mm. in a very bad place because no one is even supporting me and they may seek help. Mm. So enabling is um that environment of support mm. and especially the habit that you don't mind them going where they've been going mm. giving them the money and then being quiet about it. I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. And yeah. there's also functional alcohol yes, the yes. bill is paid everything yes. is on time but they're yeah. still struggling. Yes. So that's a different that's I feel like in society it's even more common with function just the same way you were saying you're going to work, you're showing yes. up, you're yeah. seemingly doing what you're supposed to do, but you're still struggling. Yeah, there are yeah. different stages of um alcoholism. Oh, so the at the stages. beginning is experimenting, yeah. then now you get used to it, mm. then you get dependent, and then finally it controls you. Okay. So, so it doesn't happen it's stages. Okay. So functional alcoholism is just in quotes because mm. Alcoholism is alcoholism. Mm. It's dependence. And unfortunately, if you removed the drink from the equation, these mm. people would not function. Mm. But then they are able to do everything when they have the drink. Okay. Yeah, okay. so okay. O- even that one is 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 an issue yeah. that needs to be tackled. Many Kenyans keep saying, "Ah, me I'm functional," you know, mm. and there's no big deal. Mm. And everyone is like this. It's 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 a symptom of a disease. I get you. Yeah. It's a symptom of a disease. Thank you, Nkata. Yeah. Believe your story will help someone. Yeah. Is there yeah. anything you tell someone struggling with the same thing? Mm. They are mm. struggling to stop. Mm. They are watching this. Yes. Yeah. Is there any message you would tell them? Oh, wow. I I would encourage you who is watching and has tried stopping you know it could be cannabis it could be alcohol all that 
you know i i would urge you to just look into deep into yourself and ask yourself why do you mm. need this substance to live there must be something that you're trying to cope with and um if you're not able to talk to anyone who is close to you you can be able to call a number and you, there are so many helplines you can use the red cross helplines where they have counselors you can call us at graceful youth recovery center we can be able to connect you to um experts in that field in addictions but if you are tired of that drink and you know it is causing you more harm there's help there's help and it's because the, it is a disease many people think it's it's you who has brought the problem on your own on to yourself but there is help Nakada has a helpline it's 1192 Red Cross has a helpline it's 1191 um for us you can get us on 0722934273 and we can start this conversation and a recovery journey mm. and you are not alone i know you must be feeling lonely helpless you must be wondering oh my goodness how did i get here it's not only you it happens when you use substances mm. it's a drug it alters the way your brain function it alters the way your body functions so just reach out for the necessary help yeah so thank you so much mm. uh, it's been an honor having you hey i told you i've been looking for you yeah. it's not easy to get in cut <laughs> <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's, it's amazing yeah. that God aligned us last yes. year <laughs> to yes. meet and I feel like this conversation will help someone who's mm. struggling or a loved one who's struggling to understand what is happening yeah. because we've demystified the problem True. what is alcoholism yes. and what kind of struggles these people mm. have mm. yeah it's just not them it's a struggle yes yeah so thank you so much for sharing your story i'm very honored to have you thank here thank you um i look forward to even joining one of you know your sober living summits just to be a part of it and youth mentorship yes. because through your content i feel like you have really if i'm an example that it has impacted someone yes. that we stop normalizing yeah. alcohol because the damage is not people are not talking about the damage as much as yeah the the advertisements are loud yes, they should yes. be louder on the repercussions of it mm. yeah because it's costing lives it's costing families it's yes. costing a lot of things so thank you for sharing um it was a pleasure having thank you. you we are cheering you on seven thank years uh, in december six right? uh, yeah it six. will be seven years in december seven completion <laughs> and this congratulations yeah. we say thank you so much yeah. and and for me i remember hearing your story mm. at unmothering mm. and i was just wondering how did you cope and it's with such conversations yeah. which seem so private yeah. and people don't want to share just you opening up yeah, has enabled pregnancy. yes yeah. and has enabled many have these conversations on how to cope yeah. and just emphasize on the need for mental wellness yes. many people are are confused when they go through trauma when they go through um setbacks mm. or challenges mm. And when we have these conversations, they know there's another way out. Yeah, talking out helps. Seeking professional helps, and just knowing that your story 
um, whatever you're going through is nothing it's not, new. It's nothing new. nothing new. And it is possible that you can overcome. Just yes. master the the resilience. And it's not too late. And it's no not matter too your late. age, no matter. Yeah. yeah. And and you know what makes me laugh the most mm. now is all I speak about is advantages of adversity. <laughs> I'm not saying it's good to go through what I went through, yeah. but the fact that um I overcame by God's grace has opened many doors, mm. many opportunities, and has allowed us also to go into the community with a purpose. Yeah. So those are the advantages. I don't yeah. think if I has I didn't go through it. what nothing I went through. <laughs> nothing. 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 Yeah, it nothing. humanized yeah. me and yeah. humbled yeah. me. So I'm so happy mm. uh, to have sat through mm. in this conversation with you. you. Did you say you you're not, would you go back to flying? No, those are dreams. I have uh, dreams. Is, dreams come I, true. <laughs> I have dreams. I have dreams. I see. I, I see. I hear in your mouth. I I will go back to Definitely. to fly, <laughs> and I will keep you updated yes. because you will see it. We will see. It's you. part of the plan. Yeah. 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 I'm happy. I'm happy. <laughs> I'm very proud of you. you. Yeah. Thank so you. until next time, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you learned something about alcoholism and alcohol recovery. Um, leave us a comment in the comment section. Tell us something about this topic. What has touched you the most about Nkatha's journey? What do you think you've taken away from this episode? Um, until next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>